Coming to you by way of the not-for-profit mainframe studios at 900 Kiowa in downtown Des Moines, this is 900 Views, a podcast about building community through the arts as we build an arts community. I'm your host, Pat Bodie. And the program here is essentially a continuation of episode 37, an interview with Cameron Gray of Ames. Cameron was born and raised in Alabama, graduated from Auburn with his BFA in printmaking, and eventually made his way through a variety of experiences and places to Iowa State University, where he earned his MFA. Some of you might recall, he was one of Mainframe Studios' first cohort of Iowa Creative Incubator Fellows. His project was inspired by the majority black community of Buxton, Iowa, and he and I are together by way of a bit of a celebration and we're at a uh, Cafe DM, Cafe DM in Ankeny, because uh, Cameron's Buxton project, if I have this correct, correct me if I'm wrong, it's actually earned status as a nonprofit organization, like a legit 501c3 to which we can all contribute. Is that right? Yep. So I, we'll get into the system change a little bit later, but I bet you we'll have some artists listening to this who would love to figure out a way to craft of 501c3. So could you provide, just to get started here, a few of the highlights of of pulling this together? I know you can't get into the nitty-gritty details, but just a little bit about it. Yeah. um, No, thank you again for having me. Once again, like like we said before before we got on, super excited to be here. Um, It feels like almost yesterday that we were having the same conversation. Yeah. Um, And it's crazy how, how much time has since then yeah um crazy but um yes so it was a it was a big drawn out process um i didn't realize how intuitive uh and 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 crazy it was going to be but i was also allowing myself i gave myself a year i was like you have the year of 2022 to do this and get this thing done and by the grace of God, I got it finished. I got it. I got the majority of the process done in early uh, this past summer, and then we finished up the rest of the process uh, in uh, September, uh, which was amazing. So, like, literally, it's been about a month that we've been officially recognized by the state, um, by the state as a five hundred five hundred one three C, which is. Again, blows my mind. Like that day receiving that letter was incredible because it's like, here's this thing that has been cultivating for like 10 years that I've been thinking about. And like, it's weird to see how much my work, but then also my social practice work and social justice work has changed from just making art about it to then moving into the communities and really, and, and really finding that way of melding both of those two lives in me. And so, what I will say to other artists who are considering this, you will have to sacrifice aspects of your practice in order to do this. Um, like what? Like I, I'm not making as much work as I want to. And that's the, the bummer part. It's like there are so many things that I've learned about myself that I want to give back to the world and to talk about and to address. But like this stuff of like, fundraising and setting up the setting up 
doing bylaws, setting up the the hierarchy of things of like the nitty gritty of this and like and setting up the the foundation of this particular of Buxton has really been my main focus. And I know and and one thing that I've been trying to tell myself and and again artists if you if you're when you get down this road, one thing I want you to remember is that this is not gonna be forever. <laughs> yeah. This is purely just going to be for however long it takes, right? There's going to be a point in the aspect that Buxton d- runs itself. And that's the reason why I wanted to create that way because I know what I need as an artist is of getting work out and being in the studio and really making new observations. And, and that's where my I've been doing this for 10 years and that's literally been all I've known is work, 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 work or creating the work. And so to have this year where I can't, it's, it's been like, it's like, it's like, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I really want to go outside. It's basically like you being out a kid and like the rain's coming down, but you really want to go outside, but you can't go outside because <laughs> you have probably, work to do. It's <laughs> a good analogy, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> or even like, you know, getting a project done and like you, I'm like, I just, I'm ready to be done with this, but there's too much, there's work to do. There's, there's people you need to contact. There's other, but then also there's other projects you're working on too. So it's like, as long as, and, and, and the one thing I found out about, myself is during this process you also need to make sure make sure you're checking in on yourself um and that means you know it's not all work some days you're going to get more work done than you do other days and that's fine um you always need to give yourself grace always through this whole process because there's going to be days that you find frustrating frustrating there's going to be projects that you're working on that somewhat that that fall short than what you expected them to be or there's going to be hiccups throughout the road. So, like, I, I'll, for example, um, this past Monday, I had a, a hiccup in one of my projects that really, really hurt me for a second. And it, it was really um, discouraging. But I also had to tell myself that it's so, because I want, you know, we, us as artists, we always want our projects to be birthed as, fa- as soon as possible. And, to know that I would have to take maybe, you know, we're talking about something that I wanted to kind of start producing now in this, in this, this month, um, that is probably won't be started, probably won't even start being produced until probably 2023 was really disheartening. Cause I really want, cause we've been trying to get this thing production wise in the works for so long. Can, can you share what it is? Oh yeah. So, um, I don't think we talked about this last time because I don't think I had the inception of it then. I don't think so. We didn't talk about blacked out books, did we? No. Okay. Um, so yeah. So I think last time we talked, we talked about more than miles, right? Yeah, we talked about really uh, kind of spaces and um, black people occupying spaces, oh, and, okay. and that was sort of the idea of. Buxton. Buxton. So we just uh, talked about Buxton in general, but we didn't yeah. talk about the programs in which... And not so much programs. No, oh, yeah. uh, I, I may yeah. have not even... I probably didn't even think about programs at that time. I was yeah, just thinking yeah, about Yeah, you this. still had this Buxton idea, sanctuary, uh, liberating and celebrating uh, black artists and their beauty, and uh, that was kind of the basic concept. Exactly. Uh, I said all that? Like, you make me sound good. <laughs> <laughs> you did sound good. <laughs> but, um, okay, well... Okay, so I guess... So how has it evolved? Oh, is it... Well, 
I guess that leads perfectly into what I'm about to get into right now. It's, it's been tremendous. The not only the response to Buxton, but also the the programs that we've been able to get off the ground and start and um, and manufacture and, and help build and continue on building. Um, it, it's been a a a crazy but very rewarding journey. Describe a, describe a couple, three of them real quick. Just okay, give so, us an overview. Yeah, well, 100%. So, like, I kind of going back to what we were talking about before about the beginning of I, – well, we, I guess we talked about this off off mic, but this notion of, like, taking care of myself and making sure that I'm – you know, I'm, I'm going in this with the best camera possible and being really being cognizant of how I am as a person. Um, I really – when I started this journey – I wanted to do it not only by myself, but to make sure that it was like almost like an echo chamber. It's really easy to have other people's thoughts get yelled at you or talk to you about them, and then that slowly works some way into your your project, but yet it wasn't your own intention of what that project could be. So I was afraid of Buxton turning into something that I, I initially, that wasn't my first idea. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And not because of it morphing because of me, but morphing because of somebody else's influence on me to then change what Buxton would be. And so when I was seeking non-for-profit status and, and setting up a lot of these different programs that I was working on, I really, again, secluded myself into a room, essentially a cave, if you will, and really just started breaking down all the different systems, all the different programs that I really wanted to uh, start. And so I remember us talking about uh, the, the, the like the four, five, four or five pillars of, of the aspect of like representing music, uh, art, literature, um, film, and, and etc. And so. Understanding those pillars of, of those of those aspects of Buxton that I wanted to really garner the programs to be centered around, the first one that really came to mind was this opportunity that came to me. Uh, the the Ames Public Library really wanted to work with me on a project, and so it what came out of that was uh, more than monoliths. And essentially, what more than monoliths is is a series of artist talks that take place via Zoom, and then once, uh, once those, uh, and, and I, I have collected three different artists to be a part of it, so it, it really runs four months. So uh, each artist is designated their own month, and essentially what the artists are doing on, in their dedicated months is that they will be, uh, they'll be going to the Buxton Initiative's uh, Instagram page, uh-huh. and then they'll be running, basically doing an Instagram takeover, where they're showing their work, showing their influences, really talking about whatever they want to talk about. Because the last thing I want to do is to pigeonhole or to kind of uh, wane in the, these beautiful black spirits. I just want them to be their full and full embodiments of themselves and really give the audience uh, an opportunity to see them for who they are, too, as well. Uh, whether that be their work, uh, personal life issues, all the other stuff, I, I really want them to... The, the artists the, the the audience to not only see these artists as wonderful incredible people but 
uh, great artists and, and all those other aspects. And so they'll do that for about a month. Um, and then at the concluding of those three months, I then invite them to come to Ames. And then we'll do a panel discussion uh, in person in front of an audience. Um, and season one was phenomenal. I couldn't have asked for a better, uh, a better inaugural season to, to bring this project. And there was a lot of things that I learned from that, from that first season that I like, uh, that we took into second season. So, um, and I, I will, I will make everyone aware that all, all the seasons that we've recorded are now on the Bucks and Initiatives YouTube page too. So if you want to look at some of those conversations, you can. And so bring it into uh, season two, we, there was a lot of different aspects of the, 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 I took what I learned from season one and I wanted to push it up a notch. Yeah. And so I gave, so instead of them all getting $500, we've, we've extended the per diem to $1,000. Nice. So each artist that was participated in the season two were given $1,000 and we're, we were still working on, but like with every, hiccup i i say we <laughs> we had projected there was a lot of things that kind of got a little shaky uh during the season two unveiling of uh schedule conflicts and all this other stuff so as much as i wanted it to be you know three consecutive months uh we had a lot of gaps in between there but that's fine and like we weren't able to do um, like this podcast yeah the final <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> It happens, but like that's just life, and so we weren't able to do the, you know, the final panel discussion with all the panelists, which is fine. But we're gonna make it up later, and yeah. so we're now in the planning stages of, of planning season three. And like one thing that I've like again learning from the past mistakes that happened in season two is really formulating that schedule and like really starting that communication with the artists a lot earlier, so that we can really segment them what really works for their schedule and what really works for our schedules too of, of the, and I've already, um, I've also partnered with um, uh, the uh, apparel and design department at Iowa State to help boost uh, the, not only the giving power of, uh, of um, more than monoliths, but then adding another aspect of that project, project too. So we're also talking about offering them some more money for that trip here uh-huh. uh, of them receiving $1,500 instead of 1000 um, this coming year so that to do like workshops and uh, lectures before we do our panel discussion so that it really is like a weekend or a day of just these really beautiful, um, great um, events of where, you know, you're learning about them individually, but then you also see us all on a panel discussion where we're all discussing whatever we discuss yeah, um, yeah. on the uh, on the on the stage. Well, it reminds me. I, I took some notes on our, our last interview, mm-hmm. and and you had said, "I'd rather have all my friends up there with me than be there all alone." I think we can all win. We have to make the system ourselves. Yep. The system in play does not work for us, and we can see that. So time to throw that system away and start anew. Yep. So I wanted to visit with you about the system. And what yeah. I'm hearing you say is you've already sort of designed an element that does bring together for sure. a bunch of different players and you know, so that you can all win. Yeah. Um, so you're already starting down that path. Based on you know, this 
18 months window since we last kind of talked about this sort of thing and the work of putting together the 501c3 and finding out what you kind of have to sacrifice to get that done. What are you seeing as elements of system change for the arts community to do their work that you would like to see happen? Um, Well, I don't think that exists yet. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think what my version of what a, what a successful art career is is different from a lot of people. Um, for me, like, for instance, I have a lot of friends that who seek, and I did too, who seek to be in New York and and showing on these big platforms and all these other things. And I think in this aspect of being in these famous galleries and whatnot, but during that time of quiet time and like really connecting with myself to understand what, what are you trying to do, right? What is your objective and who is the work for and how are we making sure they see it and all this other stuff? I came to realize that a lot of those galleries that people are, you know, praise and all that kind of stuff are not accessible to the people that the work is about. And so it's like, how am I supposed to even know if the work is working if, you know, the mom with five kids who works tirelessly can't even bring her kids to come see the work? It's the, it, there's no point. Because the, I'm making that work for them. Because that is the people that I want to be connecting with. That is the stories that I want to be telling. That is the... The, the people I want to be inspiring to show that there's more to this than just purely uh, I know there's more there's there's so much beauty in life there's so many things that you can do in life that the world and, and society is is basically been pigeonholing you away from and so like again like kind of like segueing back into like talking about some programs the beautiful aspect of like the Black Dot Books program is that I'm putting it in a predominantly black space in Ames like I did I did the research of like looking at different demographics of all of Ames to see per capita is this the black a predominantly black space that I can actually bring this beautiful project to because I I can't tell you how often you hear about people not being able to see or witness high art or good art um, because of where they are in their social economic background. And so, like, my, my mind goes to, well, then we'll bring the work to them. You don't even have to leave your community for you to not to see it. And so that's kind of where I begin to start molding and, and molding Buxton to be that, to be that way of making sure that work is accessible to everybody, regardless of social status, regardless of anything. I want you to, I want people to be able to experience like New York Art Week caliber art in, in Ames, Iowa, but then also in uh, Bessemer, Alabama, also in St. Louis, Missouri, anywhere. So like it, it has truly, understanding my Understanding my own perception of what I want the system to be has really informed a lot of decisions that I've made. So it's like, it's so funny that we've had that conversation before because that was the precipice of it, right? Yeah. And now it's become, okay, so this is the general idea. And now I've just become more specific and extremely 
and, and it keeps the specificity of that is con- continuing to be even more specific. Well, and it sounds, this, this is interesting to me because in that earlier conversation we had, you specifically talked about taking over white spaces, yeah. temporarily sometimes, yeah. uh, or primarily, but taking over white spaces. Now I'm hearing you say you're looking for spaces where the people you want to reach are. Yeah, exactly. And going into that space. So that is a bit of an evolution, maybe, sure. or, no, or, or, is it, or is it just an expansion? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think um, so I'll, 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 I will... I will say I love the idea of that. I still believe in that aspect of commandeering these spaces, right? Yeah. The, the other aspect that I, I, I didn't really have the words for at the time is the idea of bussing people in. So even though this is a white space, we're going to be bussing people in. So we're actually taking over. If we're going to really take over this space, we need to see us there. Yeah. And so always coming up with different systems to get people to the show. Yeah. And so like, I remember back and I've had this idea of it before, like when I first started doing those summer shows. Yeah. We did talk about busing folks in at one point. Yeah. And and, and so now that I'm like, and that's the one thing I love about Buxton and like building it to what it can be is that I don't have to ask people anymore. I want to get to the point to where firstly, I don't have to ask anybody if I want, I can just have the funds already there and be like, Hey, we're going to rent out two buses and so we can bus people from this school district to come to this show in this area and do that on a, on a, on a, on a rotating basis on a maybe three or four times a week so that they're able to, whoever kids want to see this show, they know if they stay after school for this long, we'll have somebody come bus them at, they can come see the show and we'll give them, you know, bus them back to where they need to be so they can witness and, and see black art the way that they deserve to be able to see it i like the idea that you don't have to go to new york you don't have to go to chicago you don't have to go to minneapolis we can we can make beautiful things happen here yeah and i and i'm i'm that is the encouraging part and the thing that i want to do of like creating make making um making some of those forgotten black spaces the precipice of where magic black real black magic and incredible work takes place. Wow. So you mentioned uh, last time uh, that you really wanted to create the community, the culture that you wanted to have, as opposed to people were recommending to you, leave Iowa, uh, go someplace else where it's more aligned. And here we are again. Uh, you mentioned last time about walking into a coffee shop where no one looks like you. Here we are in a coffee shop where no, no, no one looks like you. <laughs> Um, how how are you feeling about it? Do you have regrets, or are you still committed to that kind of direction of making it happen here? No, I, I, I don't. I don't have any regrets. I don't allow myself to even think that because I think that one what, that one time you fault yourself or think adversely against the vision that you have, that's one nick that can then reverberate to then it all falling apart and so again that monday where i had that that moment of of like dang like i really wanted this thing to start today and like i was hoping i had everything and i had to like snap myself out of that immediately and be like no cam is okay everything 
because you're taking more time, this just gives you more time to make sure that it could even be better than what you had already planned it to be. And you can also make sure that this thing is lasting as long as you want it to last. Because what if you were to just give these things to them? First off, the budget could have been a lot more expensive than what you intended it to be. Uh, it could have been poorly made. It could have been... Um, they could have been using a lot more material than you wanted them to use. So, like, they could price gouging, all these other things. And and the price of metal would be going down, too, as well. So there's so many different assets. Like, as I had this, you have to switch your mindset immediately. You can't let it linger for too long because it can really stifle not only the work that you're doing and your progression forward. And so, um, but no, I, I, I don't. I, I, I think... Um, I think there's beautiful things that are happening here, and I'm excited about creating and hopefully inviting other people to either come to Ames or stay here because I want to create that community where because I can't tell you how many times I've had friends of being like I got we gotta get out of here because they they don't have much here. It was like well look, well let's quit complaining about it and let's make something happen, and like I feel so blessed that I've selected some incredible people to be on my board who have that same mindset of like, if it doesn't exist, doesn't mean we can't make it exist, right? We can bring in anything, just because it's not tangible right now, we can't, doesn't mean that we can't build it. Like, if you would have told me a year from now that I would have got the city of Ames to not only agree to, agree to um, accept my project, but agree to help, like, help me build it and make sure it happened. Like, I was like, you're crazy. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, like, and that, again, you have to have patience, right? There were so many frustrating times of, like, me calling City Hall, like, hey, I'm trying to get this project done. Like, who do I need to talk to? And then they'll tell me to talk to that person. And then they'll talk to me to tell me this person and this person. And it's like, well, I just talked to that person. Like, who am I really supposed <laughs> to speak to? And so it's just like, I could I could allow that frustration, right, to be like, well, this is not worth it. I'm not going to try to do this project anymore. It, 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 it seems like a fool's errand. Um, and I did. And by the, like, by the grace of God, I've gotten a lot of grants to help me with this project, too. And so having, you know, the, the uh, Iowa Arts Council support this project and, like, helping it bring to fruition, which allowed me to buy, started buying books. Now I have, like, a... Um, now I have a um, storage unit in which I'm just storing books because I, I can't. I have so many books I can't even store them in my own home. Yeah, you haven't really quite described that project exactly. Could you give us a quick description of oh, it? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So, Blacked Out Books is a uh, initiative and program that I started. Uh, I think right after season two of, or after season season one of More Than Monolos, I was like, okay. I'm kind of on this trajectory, and sorry to take a little caveat here, but no, I'm fine. kind of on this trajectory of like where I'm trying to like unveil a new program every single year. So that's ambitious. Yeah, and it's crazy, but it's it. I've been on task uh, ever since, then, so it's been a blessing. So like season, I, I think more than my came out really in 2021. I think uh, which was perfect. It was like the perfect time for that for that yeah. to take place. Blacked Out Books happened in 2022, and it's been phenomenal. This whole year has been eye-blowing, and, and just, it really started in 20, uh, 2021, the, the, the last part of 2021, but it actually really took off in 2022, and it's been phenomenal. The, the, the support of it's been great. 
Um, and so, like... The name implies something for me, but I don't know exactly so what Black it Dumb is. So, Black Books, what, the reason why I called it that, because I, I, I wanted to, a way of, like, highlighting the aspect that the books that you're going to be seeing in here are only going to be black books. So, they're blacked out. Like, I'm not catering to anything. All The only perspective of why a book is placed in this, in the... Uh, free library, which I can go into the design of that too, yeah. is purely if it's done by a black author. Yeah. So if it's religious, weight training, uh, nonfiction, fiction, history, you name it, art, anything. As long as it's done and written by a black individual, it goes in this in this, in this. you're building little libraries and getting them out into the communities that are predominantly black? They're not little. They're not, not little. Not. They're not little. <laughs> They're, they're big. They're huge. Um, I, it started out that way, and that's the beauty of this project. It's like, it started with just a thought, right? I had an idea of, like, I know I want to do literature. How can I do that? And so the first thought was to do a system in which I collect books, right? I used my house when I had the house as the storage of those books. And pe- people can basically come up to my door, ask what kind of book they want to receive, and then I'll give them a recommendation of the book that they wanted. But then I, you know, I thought about it and I, and I told some friends about it. And one thing that was something that came to me was like, well, the, the beauty of these, you know, black free libraries, right, is the aspect of accessibility. When you're not at home, it, nobody can right. access these books. And so then I was like, oh, dang, you're right. Like, and so then it was like, okay, we'll do a black free library. And then I started doing sketches of it and, like, had the, you know, regular, you know, look of a the black pedestal ring. Yeah, kind just of thing. Like a, yeah, just sitting on a stake and a little square on, on, a, on a, like you said, a, a, a post. Like and so many people have in their yards. Yeah, and something parks. simple. And I was like, when I was sketching and I was like, this, this don't feel right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, this looks really dumb. It's like, then I realized, it's like, I'm an artist. You can make anything be a black free library. You just call it that and that's what it is. And so then I started to think about, okay, what other shapes can I make this thing out of that are indicative of everything that I want and, and want this thing to represent, right? And so I started to think about architectural forms that are not only existing within that have a presence in world history, yeah. but very specifically African history. And I couldn't help but think about the obelisk, right? So when I, when I thought about the, what an obelisk means and the context of that, when, they, when you would see an obelisk, most of them are, are put in front of temples. Right. And so I love that notion of like, okay, if this thing's going to be housing black books, those books are black stories and black history. And so to some degree, it's almost like this communication, right, that you're having between the ethereal plane, which is the tangible, to the, the stories that are above, like, so the people who are not gone. So I can have Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass is not here, but he's still speaking to you. Yes. Because you're, you're reading his, his bio, autobiography. So I love that, I, that connection between, like, again, these were holy relics. They are seen as holy things of channeling the, the spirits from above to then bring and imbue that with the temple, right? And so that's exactly what these obelisks are doing. You're channeling the people who are gone. So a James Baldwin to a Langston Hughes to a W. Du Bois, and you're able to hear their voices via the books that you're reading, and you're able to hear their stories. And so also talking about the idea of 
black stories being passed on by it was just an oratory right and so it's that same notion of passing on black tales to other black individuals so one one person can bring, get a book from the iron library then pass that black story on to somebody else and you're and that story never dies and so it's that it's also this this idea of of preserving black stories and making sure that the people who really need to see it get to read about themselves and understand themselves better than they did before the existence of this thing. I just have to comment for our listeners that it's too bad they did not get to see you gesticulate through all of that (laughs) where you were reaching to the skies and bringing it down and then with your arms passing it on. It was a beautiful thing. So I hope folks will imagine Cameron (laughs) reaching up, pulling the book toward himself and then passing it on. Uh, very nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, that, that's just, it's, it's really hard not to speak, especially since I'm so enthused about the project. And, like, it's just been, a, again, like, talking about the reception of it, to, of just, like, asking people. Like, I've, we've, we've been able to, like, not only did we have a donation of monetary donations that helped me start building that library, but then I've been able to partner with, like, Dog-Eared Books, uh, here in Ames and other uh, bookstores around the country who've been donating books to this project. And, and right now we have 718 books already. And I got books at home that um, my that uh, old uh, art professor who knew my aunt, my grandmother, and my uh. grandmother was talking to him about the project. And he was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm starting to reach the end of my life. And I would love these books to go to somewhere where you, you could either keep, they can actually go into the archive of Buxton yeah. or they can go into like whenever you build up more, they could just go in, 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 the, in the sculpture whenever, whenever you see fit. And so the concept of Buxton, um, which was the uh, black majority coal mining town mm-hmm. that gave you, if I'm remembering correctly, the concept that, yes, we can have these black spaces, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the idea you wanted to hang on to, even though they may be various places. But this concept now as a a 501c3, the Mm -hmm. Buxton Project, it's sort of housing these various initiatives, the monolith piece and the blacked out books piece, and I imagine other things that you've got on the horizon. So before we part here, I'd love to hear a little bit about what might be on the horizon, and then we need to know how to be able to support the effort uh, through donations or other ways. For sure. So I'm really excited about this. I first taught, like I've been thinking about this uh, for a very long time. And like another thing I'll tell other artists too as well, while I'm, oh, I still have them in their ear, is sometimes you might have a great project or a great thought, but just because you have that thought, I would always encourage people to write down all the thoughts that you have. Because just because you have it today doesn't mean that it's going to be in, in process today, right? And sometimes projects will come to you a year ago but they won't reveal to you when they need to be. They'll reveal to you when they need to be deployed, right? They're, they're, sometimes you need to get a, a other things in play before like, oh, wait, I had this project. Now that I know this person or this person, I can actually make that project happen, right? And so I've been thinking about films because, like, that's my heart and joy for since I was a kid to now. Yeah. Like, that has always been my safe space. Like, when I didn't have... Um, when I was going through a lot of tra- like trauma during at school and being bullied and all this other stuff, like going home and like really just being in my dark room and just p- 
putting in DVD after DVD was my way of like getting out of myself and um, really just because I just needed space. You know what I mean? Um, because it's either that or be sad all the time. And, and it really was my refuge and really saved my life. Um, and so that, so all that preface and uh, to preface this, like the next project that I'm really excited about and I talked about in that grant I told you I was writing on is called We Glow in the Dark, which is a, a film. I uh, love the title. Uh, thank you. <laughs> a film. It took me a while to think about it. it you know? <laughs> um, which is a film, um, film uh, series in which once a month, uh, I will rent out an actual, the local theater there in Ames, and we'll have basically a viewing of, you know, the black film of the month of like ah. essentially, and if there's multiple, we'll have two. Yeah. Um, so that we can invite, you know, school kids to, um, you know, moms, anybody, any, anybody that who wants to come enjoy this film with us and be in a, a predominantly black space and watching, the, you know, beautiful black art on, on the screen, you can. And then on the other side of that, I'll also be having private screenings that I'll then take from what I call the Buxton Archive, which is basically my film archive, that I'll be bringing other black films in. And so, in a, in a, so like maybe three times a month, you'll have one in an actual theater at a movie theater, and then there'll be uh, a little bit more intimate uh, settings in which we'll be watching another one on big screens and stuff like that. So You've really um, incorporated a bunch of different tools into the mix, the Zoom, the film, the, the library, and originally kind of these event spaces, which mm-hmm. I'm guessing will probably come back as the pandemic continues to hopefully ease. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, tell us how we can support the effort. Okay, so I, I'm going to send you a link. Okay. And we'll link it with, because like I, I, I use a thing called Zephy. I found out about it not too long ago, which is strictly for Okay, that's a nine. new one for me. Yeah, I know. I didn't know about it either. Uh, and I'll be curious to see which one you use for your own uh, uh, fundraising efforts. But I, yeah, I did a lot of research on this. Of like, what is the perfect one for uh, so that people aren't being taxed, or you know, because like a lot of those will take a big chunk out of the people who are donating, and this one doesn't take any money off of it. So like, whatever you give is what goes to me. There is no, uh, they don't take a cut out of it. It goes directly wow. to Buxton, and so and you don't even have to pay a fee either. Uh, you can choose to donate to Zephy to say, like, I support this so that you can continue on not cutting, taking a cut from other artists. Because I know, like, GoFundMe using that before and, like, even using Patreon accounts, they always take a cut out of the donations. So you'll get, like, let's say you raise $100, you get $90, $90 out of that 100 And so this is beautiful and great. And so I'm using Zephy.com, and I'll send you a link to that. Okay. And so then... We can embed that link. But if you go to my, um, also if you go to my uh, personal page uh, at Cam Go on Instagram. Uh, That's Cam you, underscore Cam G-O- on, G-O-G-H. G-O-G-H. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm still very proud of that name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was super clever. Um, uh, you can go there and then in my, if you click the link in my bio, I have a link tree. And on their link sheet, you'll say you'll see a, a, a section that says "Support the Buxton Initiative Non for Profit," 
and it'll go directly to me. So, Well, give it a little more time, and when we get together again at some point, let's find out even more about the system change that, that we need. But what? let me see if I've kind of summarized here what okay. I think I heard, which is there's an inherent sense of optimism within you, which is a piece of this. Yeah. You don't let yourself go too far down the negative path when things get rough. So you keep going. You take time for yourself. You take time to reflect. And then you really do projects that help bring other people with you. Of course. And so you're building this arts community that, again, starts to become a self-supporting network, if, if you will. And at the same time, your outreach and connection to the public is very purposeful and intentional to reach the audiences you want to reach. Exactly. I mean, the only thing I will add there is That's that... That's just what I was going to say. What, what am I missing? The, the <laughs> only thing I want to add is this notion of the reason why I've set up everything the way I have is that I know what it feels like to be an artist and I know what it feels like to not know where your check is going to be coming from and I know the aspect of people looking for funding for projects and so I want to I, I want to have the power to where if my friend ever comes to me and was like hey Cam I'm working on this project I just need $5,000 to get it out the bed I could just either be like hey take it it's fine go ahead and I don't take it as long, all I'm asking you to do is, is to remember where you got it from essentially of like how can you sew back into it right because I truly believe that the success of my friends equals the sex of Buxton. If, you get, if they get up higher, that means we're going up together because we all are compounding. You're going to tell people about Buxton. I'm going to tell people about your project. And so that's how that, that exchange happens. I don't want anything from anybody. All I ask is for that you keep doing what you're doing, and I'm going to keep supporting you, whether that be verbally or on my Instagram page and making sure that people see you too, and I know you'll do the same. And so if we protect each other and we actually look out for one another, which is adverse to the way that the art system works. Because I've worked with artists. I've, I see how artists move. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want to propose a different way of where it's not me, 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 and me being in the spotlight. It's like, who else can I champion? Because then they'll bring me in when they feel the need to. And I know they'll be looking out for me. I'm going to be looking out for them. And it's, and it's been a blessing, to be honest with you. I can't tell you how many times that people have be like, hey, Cam. Did you know about this grant opportunity? You should apply for it. Or, hey, I'm doing this thing and I'm looking for an artist. Would you want to do it? And, like, that just happened recently. Like, my friend asked me to do a, a talk with his kids. Uh, and it was, it, was, it, was, it was showing that it works, right? Like, it's, I had a proven concept. I, I, I had a concept. It wasn't proven yet. And I'm starting to see that come through fruition. Every single time I can give somebody an opportunity, that opportunity always comes back tenfold. And so I try to keep that mentality of like, yes, I am running this and, and it is, it's an entity that I've created and, and my baby, but at the same time, that baby can serve a lot of people. Not only in the community, but my friends, making sure that other artists feel supported, making sure they get the shine that they deserve. Um, and I think I, ever since I've really took that to heart, I, I, I can't tell you how many blessings have been coming to me. So, like, yes, there are to be some dark moments, too, of, like, you know, wishing I had more money in my pocket. But I, I, I had to keep having faith that I know that it'll come back around. It's okay. I can have an off month. It's all right. Next month will be better. 
I was like, I have to keep that. You can't lose that mentality. So the system change is happening. For you sure. are help making it happen yeah. in a pretty meaningful way. Yeah. Uh, we just need to figure out how to make it a smoother pathway for, sure. for, for sure. others. But like yeah. it, 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 every 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 path taken started out uncharted. Yeah. And all I'm doing is knocking, hacking away the weeds every single day, finding that path until it literally is a a paved road to anybody can run down this street too as well. And again, like we were talking about before. That, that beautiful path that I'm talking about is that idea of Buxton just manifests itself and works itself. You'd all come in and make sure, making new programs and really making sure these programs are running the way I need them to run. Um, but it also provides me the space to where I can still make my art that, and, and get back to creating stuff that I want to create. Other things, even though I am creating these great programs and all these other things, you know, there's other aspects of myself that I want to make sure I'm creating on, too. And so, and that's one thing I love about my board. They've always been there for me and, and helping me, provide me with that space and helping me at every single facet of this, whether that just be like, Cam, you got this, or like encouraging words, to actually physically helping me, too, as well. So it's, I've, I've been truly blessed, and I couldn't be any happier, to be honest. Well, I got to admit, I feel blessed getting to talk to you again. <laughs> I mean, I truly do. Uh, you're inspiring, without without a doubt. And uh, the work that you're doing is quite remarkable, and I think it's going to just keep on going. So uh, here's to you. I hope you're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Cameron Gray, uh, Cam underscore G-O-G-H on Instagram, and he'll have a link there for Zephy, so you can donate to the Buxton Initiative, and we'll also try and put that in the notes, program notes for this episode. I want to thank my collaborator, Alex Cooney, and Mainframe Studios for helping to make these podcasts happen and thank you all for listening to 900 views thank you so much Brett thank you you